today is a brand new day. And you have a choice to start transforming your life. Because when you commit to find the keys to unlock your true potential, you will unleash your superhuman powers. If you want to discover how to crush self-doubt, master productivity, bend time, accelerate your learning and more, you need to join us today because this is the Superhuman Playbook Podcast. Friends, welcome to the world of miracles. Hey, superhumans, welcome back to the Superhuman Playbook Podcast. If you have ever learned something in the classroom only to find yourself ill-prepared for the real world, this episode is for you. Today's superhuman guest found herself in this uncomfortable situation while lost in a foreign country. Thankfully, through her personal learning journey as an engineer and her experience as one of our five-star coaches at Superhuman Academy, she has figured out the secrets to translating theory into practice. We did have a little bit of feedback and echo during the recording of this episode, but I think we managed to minimize it in post, so it shouldn't be too bad. Anyway, I really enjoyed this insightful conversation, and I think you will too, with Eleanor Kloster. Hey, Eleanor, thank you so much for being on the show. Super excited to chat with you today. Hi, Colin. Thanks so much for having me. Really excited to be here. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to give a brief intro. Uh, so you're another one of our authors of the Superhuman Playbook. So for for your title or your chapter, the title that was from theory to practice, and I won't. I'll let you totally get into it, and share your story. So I'm not gonna not gonna ask any probing questions yet. But can you just kind of share some of your background and maybe a little bit about what inspired your your story in the in the book? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess my background is. Um, I guess predominantly that uh, yeah, I'm an engineer, so I feel like that that already says a little bit. Um, but yeah, grew up uh, in Australia, lived a little bit overseas. Um, really didn't didn't love school, although I loved being like in band at school. I think that's the only part you know you miss. Uh, and then got to university and, and really loved that instead. Sort of feel like you meet your tribe at university much more and. Um, then yeah, getting out of uni though, had like quite a lot of struggles. I think getting out of that sort of structured environment where it's very linear, um, and you know, they sort of say, do this thing next. And if you do that, well, you know, you get a cookie and, and everything's a gold star <laughs> into, into the workforce where it's, it definitely doesn't quite work that way. Um, and my first experiences getting out of university were really challenging. So I, I did... I had one good session of back work and then one really miserable one where I just had a boss that just didn't click with and made me super anxious. And, you know, you work really hard and at the end it's like, yeah, nah, <laughs> you're not for us. And you're like, okay, cool. Hardcore rejection. And then um, my first job, like I got a graduate job working at a, like a chocolate factory. I was like super excited. Oh, wow. I got put in this team that wasn't even like an engineering team. It was like doing packaging and it was insanely dull. Uh, and on top of that, just they had this really out there culture that I did not fit into at all. And so like I didn't end up being not successful in that as well. So my first experience was out of like <laughs> school and university where you, you know, you've literally worked for like 17 years straight. <laughs> it's like, oh, now I'm failing. Cool. <laughs> so I think 
I think that was a really sort of pivotal experience in, in um, I would say it's the very beginning of changing my mindset, <laughs> but uh, as you probably know, like that can be like a really long <laughs> drawn out journey that maybe never ends. Um, yeah, so from there, it's really been, uh, I, I got really lucky in the job I started after and I'm still in that one, but uh, it, it definitely was like a real eye opener on, I think on the the idea that you can do everything well and still get like really bad outcomes sometimes and like conversely just not doing things well can actually lead to really good outcomes it doesn't have to be you know perfect and yeah always trying to get everything right all the time because it's not like a linear correlation (laughs) yeah I think that's that's such a good point I think that's a really tempting way to think especially for people like ourselves I'm grouping us together just as engineer backgrounds but um (laughs) There's definitely like, well, if I just do, if I just do the math, right. If I just line everything up, you know, I should get the optimal result, right. That's, that's what we're taught in school. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's a right answer. Right. And then. Yeah. Um, and how many engineers have you spoken to that are like, yeah, I just love maths because there is a right answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, well, yeah, it doesn't always work that way. So I think that's a good insight. I did want to ask. Um, so I, I haven't, I hadn't heard about the chocolate factory thing. That's really funny and interesting. <laughs> but I did want to ask about, you know, what was the difference between your original academic career where you said you really didn't enjoy school, which is actually something I've heard a bunch of times from our superhuman coaches, which is funny, uh, and university <laughs> where you did enjoy it. What was the difference there? Honestly, just social, I would say. So I, I sort of I was thinking about it today. Like school seems like this, you know, checkbox if you do it all right um you get a good outcome but actually the bit that I'd never really thought about is the social side you can you can do a lot of things right there and just get a bad outcome you know high school can be can be quite random and uh I certainly my social experiences were, were really random and chopped and changed like every year basically so I think um like I said having band like just music nerds that was like a real saving grace for me <laughs> so uh, I, and then you get to uni and it's just like so easy to meet people that are nice and so easy to avoid the ones who are not nice just who are dickheads um and so I think that that for me like I'm actually really social and quite extroverted but yeah that made a really big difference gotcha do you think that the the social aspect had an impact on your learning at all oh yeah yeah I'd say so I'm really like if I'm not in a good headspace, like it bleeds into all, all parts of my life. <laughs> so I'll be a slower learner. And um, although conversely, I will say like, I'm really stubborn. So sometimes having a really bad time, I'll, I'll like just get onto like one thing and be like, no, I'm doing this thing and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna stick with it. Um, so it, it kind of can work both ways. Like I've had some, I've, I've gotten good at some things or I've stuck with some things purely because I've been having a, a bad time. <laughs> occasionally um it's literally the only reason I managed to get fit <laughs> uh but yeah it, yeah all right well, I, I want to touch <laughs> on that a little bit so you just said what was the only reason you got fit uh, I just had like a really gnarly breakup and it was just like so much emotion and I had to just do something with it and so I ended up going to like a, a fit boxing gym and just I was so unfit like I was just 
Homer Simpson level unfit. Yeah, didn't look it, but was it. <laughs> and I think I would have just, if I tried to get into any sort of physical activity that required sort of anything more than a, a very low baseline, I just would have quit. But, yeah, because you sort of have something going on meant that that was one of those times I was like, nope, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to rock up and, and keep going. And But it took ages even with that. Like I'd go three times a week and it still took months to get to like – it's actually taken years. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still working on it. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Like you, you took like the emotional energy and just channeled it into, to actually, you know, getting in shape. I think that that's fascinating. I, I think it is um, a really important takeaway though, like hidden in both of those things that you shared is, is like learning and, and how you behave and all that stuff. It's not in a vacuum. You can't just like, no. And I think that's frustrating for engineer types too. <laughs> People it can like, be. I want to optimize this thing. And it's like, I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to optimize this and it'll be great. And then I can focus on something else and optimize that. And it's like, well, if you <laughs> everything's so interconnected though. And if, I think students make this mistake constantly. When I talk to students, I, I see this over and over and over again is that they're so focused on wanting to succeed with their academics that they let everything else fall apart. And then that causes their academic career to fall apart. Uh, (laughs) It it all feeds into each other. Yeah. But that's funny that you said, I can't imagine Like I've actually had times where I was like, I'm going to learn like hooping and I'll sit down and try to make a list of everything that I need to learn and try to like treat it. Like (laughs) I'm trying to learn maths at school. It doesn't work at all. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think you make a good point there. Pretty interesting. Yeah, and I think that that feeds in perfectly uh, to your chapter topic uh, because I know I I'm not gonna I'm gonna let you share your story, but I know like for me when I read your chapter, I think it was it was really a good reminder to me as, as someone who has that tendency to I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out the best way to do something and then I'm going to do it, where actually the reverse <laughs> yeah. is often the way to go. So can you kind of share more about? the story you shared in your chapter, how it affects the way you learn now and the recommendations you make based on that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the story in my chapter is the story of going on exchange uh, to Germany. And so I'd actually been studying German for for three years at university and like getting pretty good marks because it's mostly, mostly exams. So it's reading, writing, which you can, you can cram and you can, you can learn at a table. (laughs) Um, And then, I was really excited to go and literally on my first day, like catching the train or, um, yeah, trying to get to my hostel and just ended up on the street being like in my head, you know, like the textbook, you know, always to help on and like practicing it and, and went up to someone and asked them. And then of course they replied, you know, it's not like the, the response is not just the textbook response. So I had no idea what they said. Um, and in the end, just to ask them in English. And then, you know, they like literally pointed over my shoulder. I turned around and it was like a huge train station right behind me. So it was like doubly embarrassing. <laughs> uh, and it just made me realize that I actually couldn't speak German at all. Like not even a little bit. Um, it wasn't like all bad news, like all the theory and the, the reading, writing, like it plays into it. And it meant that I probably learned it a bit faster. Like once I did get into the, the sort of space where you just were forced to practice it. <laughs> but yeah, it's it if it really was a, a big a big learning moment for like yeah you can't just cram everything you can't just learn it like you do at university and get an outcome that you want um, 
And it took me like months and that was with like intensive learning classes and living there and, and like meeting nice people who were, who were happy to muddle through bad German. <laughs> uh, but it also took like, I took a lot of like mentally getting over it, I think. And like my advice to people for years and uh, was, was, you know, if you want to get good at language, move there and, and go out to parties a lot, you know, and have a few drinks because <laughs> you tend to chill out and, and it, you kind of just need to chill out a little bit and let go and, and be able to make mistakes. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a really cool experience, a really challenging experience. Uh, and one that when I sort of compare to like a lot of other things that I've tried to learn has is probably been one of my best successes. I would say learning something. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I love the way that you wrote it in your story in, in the book. Um, <laughs> the first lines definitely made me crack up where you literally wrote like the question that you asked and then the German response. I think you just wrote like gibberish or something there. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's how you heard it. <laughs> <laughs> that I hear it every time. <laughs> um, but it, it like, I feel like learning a language and, and going in, into that space, it's actually been a really good equivalent to, to almost learning anything that you need to sort of interact with the physical world in like, you can't just stay in the world of theory. You've got to try to put the pieces together and make a bit of a mess and make a hash of it. And yeah, I think it's, you know, it's been more like sculpting. You start with a big old formless blob and you, you learn to shape it and there'll be times when it looks terrible and you just sort of got to, be okay with that and if you're not okay with that at least just persevere through the <laughs> through it until you sort of do get okay with it yeah <laughs> that's awesome so yeah you heard it here folks um against the recommendation of our neuroscientist friend daniel lathan go ahead and <laughs> take some of that liquid confidence and just start talking to people in a different country and then you <laughs> <laughs> at least until you get to the point where you're a bit comfy and then do Daniel's 30-day challenge and just get right back off that horse. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe that's the reason you'll need to do Daniel's challenge afterwards. Be <laughs> yeah, yeah. With your language learning. Uh gets out of hand. That's awesome. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna hear more about your story too, because um I've heard a little bit about the the trip to Germany and, and learning the language. I think you also mentioned you did that with uh, with music as well. What did that journey look like for you? Or was that the, the counter example, maybe? It was the counter example. So music I did through school. I loved it. Um, but again, like so structured, I even after six years and, and doing exams and playing in band and like I was in stage band, I couldn't improvise. Like, and it was my number one like wish. Like, I just want to be able to improvise. I picked up clarinet and saxophone to learn to improvise, and I never did it. Like, I couldn't do it by the end of year twelve. Um, and that's partly because the way you get taught, a lot of people get taught tradition. Like, music is traditional, and it's like here's the blobs on the page and follow along. But my teacher did have a go at like trying to teach me to improvise, and I just was way too uptight about it to to be able to do it. Um, so that was the counter example. Since then, I've gotten better at it. And like I spent a few years like noodling around on the piano. Um, and it is an area like I have, I have a few piano courses that I've bought and one of them's even like accelerated learning focused, but I've kind of in some ways just been like, nah, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna put too much structure into it. Like I just wanna noodle around with it. And 
I would say my progress has been slower, but I'm still with it and I know I'm going to get good at it eventually. So I'm not, sometimes you don't, you don't always need like a system. Um, but yeah, like for me, it's actually, I actually think it's equivalent to learning a language. Like if I went and put myself in a band situation or if I had a friend who came around and was happy to like improvise and just practice like speaking the, the music, <laughs> um, I would get good at it like quite fast. But yeah, it's one of those things I haven't forced myself into that situation. And you got to find someone who wants to do it with you. And that can sometimes be challenging. Sure. I would definitely volunteer for that role. I'd love to play, but I think <laughs> I've tried uh, I've tried playing music over Zoom before and it definitely doesn't work too well. So I think I'd need yeah, to yeah. Australia to make that work. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be tricky. I think for me, I'd need to, a bit of the Dutch courage to get going as well, get over the original embarrassment. Um, <laughs> but like, I think one day I'm going to do it and uh, I still just really, I love music. So I'm, I'm happy just sort of chipping away at it and you know that's one of those skills as well like I don't have a I don't have a, a, a driving need or like a physical need to be good at music right now it's it's purely just enjoyment uh it's just like an emotional outlet or just like a bit of fun and like I've I've very deliberately kind of moved away from like trying to make it too too structured or too like oh I don't want any benchmarks in it really like <laughs> I can noodle away at it for another another few years and, and eventually just be able to, to play like, you know, play piano. And I'm learning chords now. Like I got stuck on this roadblock for just ages where I just would just play melodies. And like I've learned to play melodies by ear and that's pretty cool, but I never could play songs because you got to be able to play the chords to make it sound good. <laughs> yeah, I, I like what you bring up there though. Like you you have these courses and you could take them and you definitely could, you know, super learn it as much as you wanted to. Um, but there's also a time when it's it's a lot better just to, like if you enjoy something, you don't have to, you don't have yeah. to do it that way. <laughs> you don't have to force yourself to do everything the right way you can. If it's something that you already enjoy and you're, you're motivated to do it just for the, the fun of doing it, like don't suck the fun yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. The so fun. <laughs> sometimes the fun is the thing that's keeping you going on it um and like if if the roundabout path is the path that you need to take like to stay on the path that's that's fine um and so I've I've kind of gotten good or a lot better over the years at just a, a, a lot more sort of introspection and you know I got into meditation and trying to work out like how I actually feel about stuff at the time and sometimes I just don't want to do a whole lot of extra stuff or some of the forcing functions that I put in place will actually stop me wanting to do things. Like I'll get a bit like a, like a tantruming child, you know, like, no, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do my piano practice just because I've got like a reminder on my phone or something. Um, and then other times it'll, it'll come back around and I feel like I've gotten a lot better at just recognizing how I feel and just kind of like accepting it and not, not trying to force too much stuff at once. Um, uh, my my job in my life is usually pretty busy, so I sometimes have year, like almost like year long periods where it's like you know what I don't want to I don't want to journal I don't want to meditate I don't want to do too much extra and be on the self improvement train every day. And other times I'm really motivated for it. Um, at the moment I'm going through one of those times, which is really nice. I love it when I'm in those spaces, but. Yeah, I just find like I can't always force myself into them and that's okay too. Yeah, and I think this is the flip side of 
of what Peter and I talked about because on his episode we were in, in his chapter we talked about what makes goals effective, what makes them work, kind of more that smart goal and beyond kind of strategy, um, which is very much like it's super, super useful in order to like mm. built goals before. If you don't know what that's like, like trying that kind of strategy is really helpful. But then there's the flip side of that, which I think you're talking about. And I think the actual term in psychology is the what the hell effect, <laughs> which is <laughs> You know, it's different for everybody, but at some point, most people get to a point where if they overstructure things and they're making too many rules for themselves, mm. at some point, if they're not, in, if they're, you know, kind of miserable with the rules, they're going to just break all of them at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's throw the baby out of the bathwater too. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and so there is that danger. And, and I think that's, it's really common to, to, to do nothing simply because you're so, you know, concerned about you know, like I could, I know how I could do this, but it would require me to make all these rules that would make me miserable. That would get me to that point. Um, and so like just thinking in that, that smart quote unquote, smart goal universe can sometimes be really counterproductive. So I, I think it's really good that you're sharing the opposite side of that. <laughs> they're, they're totally a different side. <laughs> yeah. It's quite counterintuitive, but like for me, I, I've had times where I've made smart goals, but uh, I think if you've got almost I think if you've almost got too much to fit in you you almost need the flexibility otherwise it gets quite overwhelming at least at least for me so yeah I've actually found getting rid of a lot of those goals and just making it more about do I enjoy this or do I want to keep doing this um and then for me I tend to overthink stuff so it's I I then can't kind of fail at that (laughs) because the the not not wanting to fail is like even though I know intellectually, like it's fine to fail, I still struggle with it a lot. Um, and yeah, I feel like that's a journey that's going to take a while if it ever ends. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is kind of the flip side. And I think really it, it, it comes down to, you know, that, that question of how much of a perfectionist are you and whether your perfectionisms are like adaptive or maladaptive. And if, if they're adaptive and they're, and they're helping you achieve your goals and, and you were able to work in that structure, then then awesome. But it, it can also be like a really, you know, strong reason to just never get started. Um, and, you know, smart goals, because they're so specific and they're so time bound, there's a very clear like finish line. And to then not hit that, that can often, like I've found that often to be like, a, oh, well, I guess I need to quit then, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it really comes down to what personality type you are and, uh, unfortunately that, you know, working that out can, can be <laughs> its own sort of thing that, that can take time and energy. Um, although I think, you know, highly, highly recommend it to anyone that can, that can spend the time on that. Yeah. Cause, cause it, it kind of does tell you whether or not you need to push or you need to, you need to slow down. Yeah. Right. And, and that's been a consistent theme, I think from both the book and the podcast is the importance of finding who you are and what that means in the way that you need to learn. Because I think this might be like a little mini challenge I'm going to throw out there is like, uh, you know, do some introspection and think about what is the combination for you between structure and flexibility and grace that you need to have in order to Mm. get done what you want to get done and go where you want to go. Because 
if you get that balance wrong for who you are, um, that could be one of the reasons you're struggling. Some people, if you have too much flexibility, you'll never do anything. Yes. Um, but then there's the other side of it. You know, a lot of people, if you have too much structure, it's going to eventually you're going to want to rebel and just throw everything away that you work for. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I, I know I've struggled with, with finding that balance and I've realized I do, I do well with structure, but I definitely need some, there has to be some elements of grace because <laughs> I, have, I have hit that point a couple of times in my life where it's like, I've got all these systems that I'm so proud of and, and now I just hate them. <laughs> I just want to throw everything away. Um, yeah. I've got so many areas. I was like, oh, and I should set up a system for this. It's like, I just don't want to, I'm really not keen. And I think particularly sometimes if your day job involves like a lot of that sort of thing, like you don't want to bring it home. I, I set up systems at work all the time and I don't want to bring it home. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this would be more efficient, but no, nah, I'm, I'm not up for it. Yep. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, I totally get that. Well, Eleanor, I want to make sure uh, we give you the opportunity to, to uh, share a challenge with our listeners. We kind of just threw out a little mini one, but I, <laughs> I want you to be able to structure it however you want. Um, and uh, yeah, so floor is yours on that. <laughs> well, actually, like you, you, you actually kind of touched on the challenge that I was sort of going to oh, set, which is um, <laughs> no, it's all right. Which is basically like try to think of something that you've stopped, you know, that you wish you hadn't stopped. And, and go back and, and uh, potentially write down, I guess, your thoughts and feelings around that and, and see if you've, got, if you've got internal criticisms, write them down and, and then uh, reflect on them and basically read them back as though, like you imagine your friend is telling you and see if you can work through some of them. Because mostly uh, well, all the psychological stuff, like there's no wrong answers, but it can be really useful to, to identify like your own sort of sticking points. Um, and to by sort of introspecting on them and being able to like draw them out into the open often often that you see they're not as scary as as you sort of think and you can move past and yeah it, it really is more of an introspection challenge find something you stopped and go go look at why and if look at if it's something you actually want to do and if it is like figure out a way to do it <laughs> which either by adding some structure or by taking some away usually is the answer <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. I think that'll be really helpful. And for those uh, who do take on that challenge, I know earlier you mentioned your, some of your own practices around that kind of introspective activity and how you do meditation. So for someone who hasn't done that kind of thing before, you know, what are some things that you've seen work well for you or, or others? Uh, so for the introspection side, uh, meditation, I, I find like I've got an app like the waking up app and I just find getting to it like semi-regularly at least but not being like too dogmatic about it like oh I didn't meditate today that's no good it's been really good for me um and just like making a habit of it I suppose uh, and and making a habit of of sort of checking in with yourself and, and being like okay what do I actually think about this and you won't always know the answer but like even just the regular check-ins make a big difference over time, it takes a little bit. Um, and then in terms of tools to, to sort of get you moving, I think my number one tool is uh, an app called BeMinder where like you, you whack in your credit card details and you set yourself like a specific <laughs> goal. Um, and if you don't hit it, it charges you and it charges you incrementally more each time. Um, so I found that to be 
really good. And I like, I have that for meditation, but like I set the bar low because it at least gets me in the habit. And then I'll find as I sort of pass that, then I'll, then I'll up it and it, I use it to chase me as opposed to me to chase it a bit sometimes. And I suppose the caveat being there, like people need to make sure that that's going to be something that's a positive reinforcement for them rather yes. than a super negative. <laughs> uh, yeah. And as I said, I've gone through phases where that's, I've been like, nope. And I've like turned them all off because I, I found like, I think if you find once you start lying to your app, like, yeah, that's yeah. not working for you anymore. Like go, <laughs> go try something else. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, to be honest, like the, the, the thing I found is, is you've just got to find what works for you. And maybe it's a meditation app. Maybe it's just sitting quietly. Maybe it's reflecting in a journal in the morning. Maybe it's talking to a friend that like you're really close with that you can talk about like introspective thoughts with or seeing a psychologist or, you know, a coach. Um, but just find what works for you and keep doing that until you feel like it doesn't work for you and then try something else. <laughs> yeah, flexibility systems and how you approach things, I think is a big takeaway here. Uh, yeah, so yeah, no, go ahead. I was just going to say that sometimes like I've had experience where I think I've found like the answer and you're like, yeah, this is the thing. Like this has changed my life and it's incredible and it can be and legitimately. And but then still sometimes that, that then fades away and then maybe comes back. And I've just found like nothing to be permanent. <laughs> like fully permanent so but but it all feeds into each other and it it, it leads to permanent improvements uh, in yourself which you can then assign or apply to anything which is cool yeah i think that brings up a really good point which is like we, we've talked about how it's important to kind of factor in your personality to how these things like how you do all these things but then there's okay. also that <laughs> you know, the fact that you know like ben hardy his book personality isn't permanent so we're we're kind of connecting you know, you need to know what your personality is and make sure it's connected with all these things, but also know your personality is going to change over time too. Like maybe not major ways. You might not go 180, but like there are going to yeah. be small, small ways that things shift. So it is worth every once in a while, you should probably check in on <laughs> whether the yeah. systems that you make still make sense for who you are today instead of just who you were yesterday. Yeah, exactly. So it things tend to be a bit transient. So I guess it's like, it might be annoying advice because it's like, oh, uh, can't give you like one thing that's definitely going to work for you, <laughs> but yeah, try lots of things and one of them will work for you for sure. You keep awesome. trying. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all that. Is there anything else um, that any questions that I failed to ask that you would love to be asked or any messages that you wanted to share that we missed out on so far today? Um, I think just the, the only message is just the, you know, self-forgiveness, be kind to yourself, be patient. Um, if you're not good at any of those things, just also be patient with getting better at them. If you practice them, you will get better at them. Uh, and that'll make learning other stuff easier too. So yeah, just be nice to yourself if you can. I love that. Be patient with being patient. Yeah, definitely. And if you're not good at it, just keep trying. It's fine. You will get better at it. All right, well, Eleanor, if, if people want to want to find you, um, where should they look? Uh, do they have do you have a couple links or anything you could share with our listeners so they could they could learn more? Uh, I think just the, the coaching page. You know, um, I'm available to chat to if anyone wants to to chat a bit more. Or uh, yeah, I think that's probably the best place to find me. Awesome. Or LinkedIn, <laughs> if you really need. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll throw that on there too. So I'll throw in your link, LinkedIn page, and then we also. 
the Superhuman Playbook website is up. If you're already visiting it, you might notice there are some things that are still like half-baked on there. <laughs> um, so we're still working on that. But I think I'm pretty sure your page and the resources uh, are in there. Um, I think we have those ones up. So if you did want to learn more about Eleanor's chapter that she wrote and what's in there in her story, I think you can find it there too. Uh, and if not right now, then pretty soon that'll all be I'll be good. So it depends on when you're listening to this episode, probably. But Eleanor, it's been a pleasure as always. Really enjoyed our chat today. And I think it was always a good learning experience. (laughs) Yes, thanks. I've really enjoyed it too. Thanks very much. Well, let's catch up soon. Definitely.